Welcome to Where Are You Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at New York University. My name is Tom Ellett, and I serve as the Senior Associate VP of Student Affairs. Tonight's episode, we have a very special twist. Instead of RAs who have done great work at NYU, we're focusing on three incredible people who have worked to enhance the life of RAs through their various roles at NYU, totaling over 62 years. And I'm not talking dog years. Wow, that's a lot of years. I think they've seen a lot and mentored great RAs along their journey. Our guests tonight include Kate Beyer, the Executive Director of Residence Life, Neil Hanrahan, Executive Director of Housing Services, and Craig Jolly, Director of Student Conduct and Community Standards. Kate, Neil, and Craig, thank you for joining me on tonight's show. It's a real pleasure having the three of you. First question, how are each of you doing and how are you managing through these days of COVID-19? Kate. Um, well, thanks. Happy to be here. Well, how exciting is this to be on the podcast, the award-winning podcast? Oh, you're so um, I'm often asked, what do I love about working at NYU? And I always say that it's fast-paced, ever-changing, great challenges. And I would say that uh, the work during COVID-19 is all of that on steroids. And like everyone else, um, the question of how am I doing has, um, it's sort of unanswerable, right? I, I've read stuff instead of say, how are you doing? You say, how are you coping? And um, I would imagine like everyone who's listening and experiencing this, it's a day-to-day thing. We just are all trying to figure out both uh, work and life and how to balance both and how to keep on top of both during a, a really kind of nonsensical situation. Neil, tell us a little bit about where you are and how are you doing? So, Tom, uh, those of you out there who may be uh, hearing this generally after uh, Kate speaks, I usually just say ditto um, because she she captures it uh, perfectly. And it's a mix of uh, day by day, um, but it's also, you know, two months from now, three months from now, kind of day by day. Um, so it, it is uh, ever shifting, ever changing. Generally, you sort of deal with the uh, the, the changes that the university uh, sort of sends your way uh, in any given year or any given cycle. But we're completely completely immersed in you know the government. I do my best to sort of uh, not internalize a lot of that. Very very interesting days, no doubt. And for those listening, uh, there's so much going on behind the scenes in terms of planning and planning and different kind of planning and strategies. So hats off to both uh, Neil and Kate for everything they're doing for the housing and residential life piece. Uh, Craig, you have been in residence life and now you're overseeing the student conduct and community standards. How about for you? You're in Brooklyn. How are you faring? Yeah, everything here in Brooklyn is, um, you know, personally going well. I mean, most important thing my family is safe and healthy i'm safe and healthy work has been busy though i have to say this is not the summer i was expecting you know in student conduct summers you know it's seasonal work so student conduct tends to be a little bit slower in the summer uh every year thought it just you know this this is not the summer that i was expecting i thought i'd like you know roll out of bed around 10 catch up on some email have some lunch you know work from home but uh 
I have been spending six, seven hours a day on Zoom. Um, a lot of that is focused on planning our policies and procedures for the return in the fall, which is a moving target. It changes every day. You know, overall, it's, it's, it's nice to be busy during the summer, just not quite what I was expecting. Absolutely. Well, well, again, thank you for the three of you to be on. You certainly have been formative in my career at NYU and helping me uh, and, and really set a stage for the agenda of what the vision of being a, a resident student at NYU would be like. What's been uh, a program uh, or experience that you really have said, wow, this was something special that NYU did? It can be certainly focused on a residence life housing program. I, I always really like UVL, and I, I'm completely in awe of the, the tremendous talent of our students and uh, the supportiveness of, of their peers and, and those who sort of pack skirball for the show, and the production value, which goes also to the, the tremendous talent, but, you know, I, I think about would I experience something like UVL, which is really Broadway-level production, and honestly, in so many cases, Broadway-level talent or, or you know, industry-level talent, uh, would I experience that at any other institution? And I, I, I would be hard-pressed to say that I would. I, I challenge anyone listening to this podcast to call me up and say, I work at this school, and I totally challenge you on this. You would see this at other institutions because simple fact is they just wouldn't. So UVL continues to just um, amaze me. How about how about for you, Neil? The Halloween decorating contest, the floor decorating contest, and I had to judge. I was the judge of the, the floor decorating contest, and you know, I think there were fourteen residential floors in uh, in Rubin, uh, thirteen maybe, and. 13 unbelievable, spectacular uh, just productions that, you know, the, the students got together and put on. I mean, Michael Jackson's Thriller and some, Zombieland and others. It was just, it was, one was just mind-blowing after another. So to see that creativity, to see, you know, the, the community, uh, you know, the unionship uh, among the students was amazing. So I always think about the Halloween and UVL. How about for you, Craig? In the residence halls, um, I will say something that I've always enjoyed is opening day, move-in day. Um, it was revamped during, you know, my time. I just always enjoyed how we get 9,000 people moving in on a single day, you know, into New York City. Well, there it is. That's that familiar stock sound effect of a record player scratching, which in podcast world, we all know that means that something unexpected and spontaneous and exciting is about to happen. Uh, Hey, it's Craig Jolly. Uh, I sound a little bit different right now because I've actually taken over the podcast. Tom gave me the responsibility of editing this last podcast, and so what he didn't know at that time was that I had every intention of hijacking the podcast, taking over the microphone, assuming the host role for a little intermission here, and giving some of the people that he's worked with here at NYU an opportunity to say some nice things about him. Uh, Kate, you're still with us. Uh, What do you want to tell us about Tom? Well, I don't know if it's, I mean, it's almost mythical at this point, but whenever I think of sort of favorite memories of Tom, the things that come to mind are sort of the the kind of more exuberant end of the spectrum, right? The 
uh, and this is I don't even know if this actually happened anymore, but the yay midnight breakfast no 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 midnight or, breakfast no 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 <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that level of exuberance and sort of um, the excitement at conferences hey you're a yeah. star yeah when right? he would go so, he would go into like conference Tom conference mode, right? Tom. <laughs> <laughs> which i think is just um looking back um i think it's just indicative of how excited he was and how committed he is to the profession to professionals in the field um and how he resonated especially with younger professionals mm-hmm. and um how that really situated him to be a mentor to a lot of people that have gone on to do great things in the field. Like, I think, I don't know what the number is right now, but several, several years ago at the, one of our Kuhoi dinners, we have these kind of epic, everyone who used to work at NYU, who is at a Kuhoi, um, goes out for a dinner together. And we counted up the number of people who had been hall directors uh, or worked at NYU in some role, hall directors, assistant directors, who are now um, heads of their department, and it was an astronomical number. And I think that speaks to Tom's commitment to both um, our own department, professionals in our department, and and the field as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how much he's connected to like NYU and like any conference you'd go to, they'd be like, "Oh, do you know Tom Elliott?" You know, and so yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> now we're gonna go go to conferences. They're gonna be like, "Oh, hey, you know Howie Glassman?" <laughs> it's like who? <laughs> I never heard of that guy. <laughs> Howie from the Big Q. Yeah, no kidding. But cool. All right, Kate. Well, thanks for sharing that. You know, nice memory of Tom. I know you're gonna miss him. Uh, I will. I do. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to jump over to David Vogelsang, who's with the Center for Student Life. David, how are you? Hey there, Craig. Doing good. How are you? I, I'm good. Thanks for joining us for the last Where Are They Now podcast. You are a long-timer at NYU. You actually predate Tom, right? Yeah, by, by a few years. Um, in fact, in fact, um, I was hoping to leave before Tom, but in fact, he left before me. So, I know. I know. I did know? not think we would outlast him. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I thought he'd be here till, well, I don't want to say till the end, till yeah. a different type of retirement, let's say. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you know, you probably have a pretty good perspective then. Can you talk a little bit about like NYU pre-Tom and NYU post-Tom? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's interesting. I, I When I came into Central Student Affairs, I'd come from Tisch after about seven years. And so Central Student Affairs, I was, I was in the the Office of Student Life, and it's kind of funny how I ended up back in student life again. But, um, you know, before Tom, I think things were much quieter. And and, that, and I say that, like, not in a positive or negative way. It was just very different. I mean, students were very different. Campus life was very different. And, you know, when, when Mark came on board and then soon followed by Tom with Residence Life. And then when I started reporting for Tom, it really became, you know, a very, a very um, student focused student life type of um, operation. We created the Student Resource Center and, you know, the focus on customer service, the focus on 
being a good resource on programming. You know, I, I think it's under his tenure that we really became this sort of um, student environment that was more traditional than NYU really had ever been. And, you know, those have had lasting effects. I mean, we still see it today with class activities boards and what we're doing for international students, um, you know, just a whole revamp of student activities where we're trying to be, um, you know, have more high touch versus low touch with our clubs and organizations. So I think a lot of that can be attributed to, you know, Tom and his style. Um, his style working with students. So. Yeah, yeah, it's like that style and flash that he has. Like I think you know, I, I I'm an old timer here too, and sort of like I pre you know predate of the old NYU where we always had a really good solid program, but like when he came in, he took it to like a whole new level with like just style and outward projection and the engagement with students. It was like on a whole different level of energy. No, I mean it was it, it was so different. I mean everything we did. I mean he was like. It's almost like he was the cheerleader for students. Um, in fact, uh, you know, it's it's things are not the same. You know, no one talks in the elevators anymore the way Tom did. So I know some people probably appreciate that not being not having to. Uh, <laughs> Tom sort of like think of it. Whenever you walk into an elevator, you've got to talk to somebody. You know. Yep. I mean, you certainly can't, um, you know, deny that there was an incredible amount of enthusiasm that he brought to things. So, um, you know, and, and that can't help but motivate people because he was excited about it and he was excited to support you. I mean, I remember that the most is he's always willing to, you know, step in and help, especially if he's asking us to do more, which was often the case. You know, and I would like say, but Tom, when are we going to do this? We've already got a lot going on. And he's like, well, I'll help you. I'll be there. And sure enough, he was there. He was there pushing boxes. He was there helping with lines. Yeah, just a, a work ethic like nobody I have ever seen. So um, that's something Absolutely. that's inspired all of us. Yeah. So, well, listen, David, thanks so much for taking a few moments to jump on the podcast. Uh, I'm glad that you're sticking around for now. <laughs> well, Thanks for thanks for giving me a call, and um, you know I hope Tom is enjoying a much leisurely life than he had here. I'm sure he's probably just as busy as ever, knowing him, you know. So, so now we're going to jump over to Charlene Herod, our director of research and assessment in student affairs. So tell us a little bit about you know you're you're fairly the new kid on the block <laughs> compared to all of us that have worked with him for you know ten twenty years, and you've worked with him now for three years. What were your thoughts on? Uh, and uh, working with Tom? Well, what can I say? Um, first, we're going to miss him very much here at NYU. As a one-person office, I relied strongly on his wisdom and experience in learning how NYU worked. He was a great coach and sounding board and problem solver. He had an uncanny knack for knowing who to bring together and where to start to get things done. He always wanted to do the right thing, and he's a persistent cuss. He could wait years if necessary to see something through, but he was always ready to try new things. Yeah, it's funny you talk about like him having that vision, right? Like he could, he would lay something out there, and then it would just marinate for a while, and he'd keep bringing it up, and it would be just sort of like, okay, stop talking, do it or don't do it, and then eventually. But he never let go of an idea. You know, he always saw it all the way through. Right. Uh, the internationalizing Washington Square Committee went on for years, and. Um, it was submitted for uh, NASPA award, and, and they said, well, you didn't do this or that. It went back and did it, and it got 
the silver award. So, uh, I, like I said, I think his, one of his best qualities is the persistence to just do what he knows is right. A strong finisher and a great person to have your back. I wish him all the best in his new challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Charlene, thank you so much for taking time to jump on the podcast today. You're very welcome. Well, last but not least now, I'm going to jump over to the former boss of Tom, which now that Tom is out of the picture, I guess that makes him the boss of all of us. But he's always been the boss, a legend in his own right, NYU's longtime senior vice president for student affairs, Mark Wace. Thanks for joining the podcast, Mark. Uh, I guess my first question for you is like, why did you fire Tom? Well, it was pretty easy to do. <laughs> Uh, I, I just couldn't take it anymore. Overall negligence just crossed the line too many times. Oh, yeah. I tell you, we all cheered. That was the best decision, you know, one of the best decisions ever. No. Uh, but in all seriousness, Mark, uh, you want to talk a little bit just about, you know, Tom's impact on NYU and your years working with him? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, uh, before I came to NYU, I was the dean of students at Stanford. I've been at University of Maryland, a bunch of other places. And Tom easily stands out as one of the most exceptional uh, professional student affairs staff members in the country, bar none. Uh, just an amazing person uh, as, in terms of both uh, his professional uh, characteristics, his leadership, his vision, his skill set, and just as impressive as a person in terms of his ethics, his values, his work ethic, his commitment to students and NYU, just really a phenomenal professional, uh, a phenomenal person. I consider it a real gift that I had the honor and privilege of working with him for my 17 plus years here at NYU. And, you know, what are some of the things that you remember that he was key in, you know, changing NYU? Like, what is his lasting legacy? Yeah, well, I think when I when I think about Tom, the, the uh, in terms of his lasting legacy, I think of the word transformative. He really transformed student life at NYU, certainly within the residences. And if you take a step back and actually think about what concrete evidence do you have of him really leaving a legacy, it's a fairly long list. And uh, and uh, I just uh, right before we we got on air, I just started jotting a couple things, but he's the one who founded the uh, Violet, uh, the uh, uh, Ultraviolet Live. And I just thought it was so sweet of the students at the 15th anniversary for them to literally, uh, you know, uh, call him up and actually have him present the big check and name the award winner after Tom Ellett. And I think that's a real legacy and an enduring one at that. Uh, when I think about how he changed residence life in terms of, I think NYU probably has the most faculty embedded uh, program uh, in residence life in the country, bar none, again, from having almost uh, 40 to 50 exploration floors with faculty affiliates to having over 30 faculty fellow, fellows in residence uh, to having uh, writers in residence with expository writing faculty, to having uh, visiting faculty in residence from literally all over the world. And for a few years, we had uh, faculty in and of the city where we encouraged our students to get off the island of Manhattan and go to the outer boroughs. So at one point in time, we had five you know, uh, standalone programs that faculty were very much embedded with the life of resident students uh, a, a remarkable accomplishments. Uh, the fact that we have over 300 RAs, and Tom Ellett can say he met with every individual RA 
for at least 30 minutes. He claims he read all their favorite books. I don't know about that. I don't that. know. I think that might be more urban legend, but he, he says he did. And, you know, I got to admit, his office had a lot of books in them. Yeah. And then, you know, the one failed thing he did at one point in time was, remember he had the thought of the day he would tweet out? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, some I, of those thoughts were, you know, sort of like random thoughts on Twitter. Thank God he had the good judgment to stop that particular initiative. <laughs> so there's no more thoughts of the day. Yeah. Uh, but I think it just indicated that was even, even in that, it just indicated his willingness and energy level to engage people literally on a daily basis. That's a lot of pressure you put on yourself to publish a thought of the day that, you know, is thoughtful and that people will create kind of an aha moment. It's a lot of pressure. And then I was just going to say, you know, he's gone above and beyond just residence life. Certainly ultraviolet live speaks to that, but also Tom Ellett is the one responsible for something that's only been placed a couple of years, but the 1831 fund, it was Tom's idea to put the names of donors, student donors, on the stairs of Kimmel. And literally overnight, that became an instant NYU tradition and a touch point for a lot of people now when they conclude their NYU career. Unfortunately, we weren't able to do it this past May with COVID, but I assure you once things are, are back to to the way they need to be and we, the way we want them to be, uh, the names on the stairs of Kimmel will absolutely be reinstituted and you just see students and their, their friends and their families gather, take pictures. It really is an important part of the almost a rite of passage for a lot of NYU students. And I think a lot of NYU students currently and in the future will be doing certain things as part of their NYU experience that they will only be doing because Tom Ellett was here to institute uh, in some way, shape, or form a, a program, an activity, a, a policy, a practice that directly impacts the, the, the quality of the life for students on a day-to-day -day basis. So in that respect, it's been really a remarkable career, and we will miss him for, for all of those, those great ideas and great energy and excitement that he brought to the position literally day in and day out. Yeah, yeah, it's astounding when you when you really think about that list, that cumulative list of everything that he's done and things that he started that now it's on all of us to continue to carry forward and transform and make that something special for future generations of students long after he's gone. So, well, Mark, thank you very much for joining the podcast. I appreciate you taking time. Thank you, Mr. Jolly. Take care. All right. Well, before I relinquish the microphone and pivot back to our regularly scheduled program, I want to take a few minutes just to share a few thoughts of my own about Tom. Uh, I met Tom Ellett in the fall of 2001. I had just returned from a world tour on semester at sea and uh, came back to a new guy in charge. And, you know, everything you've heard people say about Tom here is true. He was um, loud. He was excited. He was energetic, uh, uh, you know, a consummate showman. And I have to tell you, I was not impressed. I, you know, I'm, I'm the student conduct guy. So my, my default brain is always skepticism. So, um, you know, I was skeptical, like, who is this dude? Come on. He can't be all that. He's making all these promises. He's talking about all these big ideas, you know, let, let's see, let's see what happens with this guy. Um, about three weeks into our relationship, 9-11 hit and the world changed and New York City changed and NYU changed. And it was a really challenging time for all of us. But I have to say, Tom stepped it up, and he was a leader. He 
did not hesitate to jump into the mix of decision making. He engaged with the staff. He made sure the staff was okay. He engaged with students. He made sure constantly that students' needs were being met. We had students that had to evacuate the residence halls and they were literally homeless sleeping on the gym in the old Coles building. He made sure they had blankets and food and board games. And he was there at night playing board games on the floor of the gym with students who were temporarily out of their homes during the worst terrorist attack on the city. Um, and I just remember about, you know, once we, get out, once we got back to some form of normalcy, you know, I kind of nodded a little bit, said to some of my colleagues, I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I'm impressed. You know, he, he handled that well. But let's see how he does in the long term. Um, and then for 18 years, I worked with this guy. And crisis after crisis and program after program, um, issue after issue, award after award, um, and just initiative after initiative, his energy and enthusiasm and his willingness to just run into the fire and get the job done never ended. Um, he inspired everybody with his work ethic and his ideas and his constant desire to make NYU a better place. He was a great supervisor, a great mentor, a great sparring partner when we had to debate and argue over policy, and really just a inspirational leader. And I'm going to miss him very much, and NYU's going to miss him very much. And I don't know if anybody from Quinnipiac is listening to this. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if anybody's listening to this. Does anyone even really listen to his podcast? But if there is anybody from Quinnipiac listening to this right now, I got to tell you, you are all very lucky people to be working with this just force of energy that is Tom Ellett. Um, and, you know, strap in because you're all in for a ride. And with that, I'm going to give up the mic now. I don't know. I'm kind of getting used to this podcast hosting thing. Maybe I found a new groove. Uh, but I'm going to play the uh, obligatory record scratch sound effect. Give it back to Tom to take us out with some closing remarks. As we conclude this season of Where Are I Now and my tenure at NYU, I'd like to thank all of the staff, the professional level, in-hall, central office staff, and the 3,500 RAs I had the chance to work in the department with over 19 years. I'd also like to give a shout out to the leadership team of the department who I have been blessed to work with. Chris Dippick, Delmi Lendoff, Maurice Washington, and the special guests tonight, Neil Hanrahan, Kate Byer, and Craig Jolly, who also served as an engineer for this and a few other episodes. I will forever be indebted to NYU for providing me the amazing opportunity to assist the top-notch students of NYU, the support to reach their dreams. Until our paths cross again, peace and stay well. Mm -hmm.